0: Welcome to this special bonus episode of the Passive House podcast. I'm Zach Semke, director of Passive House Accelerator, and we're happy to be sharing a series of bonus episodes recorded in Hamilton, Ontario, at the Passive House Canada Conference 2023. These interviews were conducted by Mary James, our director of publications, and Michael Ingui, our founder. A big thank you to Euroline Windows for underwriting this special series. Please Enjoy. So welcome to the Passive House Accelerator podcast. Manas Nikba from Rockwell. Your title there is? I'm the Architectural Specifications Manager for Eastern Canada for
1: Rockwell. That's just one of my two hats.
0: And uh, your other
1: hat is? I'm the chair of Batiment Passif Quebec. So that is the Passive House Association of Quebec.
0: And it's very exciting to hear about that. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. I know it's been... um, ongoing um, effort to get the um, Passive House materials translated into French.
1: Yes, so uh, that is the goal that you're facing all the time when you want to bring something new to Quebec. If it's not coming from Quebec and you need to translate it, we have to go through that process. Um, So the association itself is trying to provide information in French, We do collaborate with Passive House Canada actually for our training. So far we've done two or three training sessions. So training to become a certified Passive House designer with uh, Passive House uh, Canada. And so we will offer that course in French with um, Evelyne Bouchard as well as Philippe Saint-Jean being the French language uh, instructors of that course. And uh, yeah, so that is really helping us. And uh, the other efforts we're doing in, we're uh, trying to build a proper passive house community. So uh, we've had a first very unofficial, in French we call it Saint Cassette, which is like an after work event or a social um, in December. And we had the first proper one uh, just about two weeks ago at one of our um, corporate members' office, um, PSB Construction. And uh, so we actually managed to get a whole crowd of either people interested or professionals interested in Passive House to come and join us there.
0: About how many people came? We're about
1: 25 people. So for a first official one, I was very happy with that outcome. And so we just did a little presentation on who's the association and the few few members of our board who were there. And um uh, PSB actually got to present the project they're working on, which is called Nora Hem, um, which is in the Laurentians, and that's going to be a low E uh, building standard um,
0: house. For people who aren't familiar with it, that's the low energy building standard that uh, PHI has developed. Yes. And often um, it's applied to retrofits.
1: Yeah, so the low E um, um, requirements are, I think, 30 kilowatt hours per square meter per year and uh, air tightness of one. And I think that's actually similar to ENERFIT, to the uh, energy retrofit certification of Passive House.
0: Has the insulation type been identified for that project?
1: Well, that project is... um, I don't think there was any of our material in, involved in that project. They're working on another one, uh, which is going to be using comfort board and maybe also comfort bat, no, comfort bat, maybe also comfort board. Um, that is also in the, in the Laurentians. Um, yeah,
0: for that project, yeah. And um, for those who don't know the climate type in the Laurentians, how would it differ from, say, building in Montreal?
1: Um, I don't think there is a big difference. It is definitely colder and more snow, but I'm not sure it actually gets
0: classified differently. We we are in cold climate. Backing up to your other hat, Rockwell, um, you mentioned comfort bats and comfort board. Can you just briefly describe the difference between the two? Yeah, we're seeing a lot of uh,
1: application of the comfort board uh, product in passive house. Uh, buildings because it's a relatively easy way to create a continuous uh, insulation around your building. It's a rigid board uh, which comes in two different densities. It's called Comfort Board 80 or Comfort Board 110 with R values of either 4.2 or 4 um, and these are rigid boards that you install on the outside of your building and you just basically screw through it to attach your furring strips or for a more commercial project or finish, you'll be using metal hat channels um, installed particularly. And um, yeah, your thermal bridge will be the screw that goes through it. So that's uh, helping definitely for the uh, energy performance. And then uh, we have worked with RDH to... Well, they developed for us um, design tables that will help you determine what number screw number like what type of screw you need to use um, and what uh, um, vertical distancing you need so in order to create the pattern for your uh, structural performance of that facade. The other product we use on the outside of buildings is cavity rock um, which is um, a double density product Starting at two and a half inches, so that's quite unique. And um, it's a product that has a more rigid, more dense uh, outer layer and a softer inner layer, Um, so that gives you a nice, rigid, protective surface on the outside. And it gives you a little bit of flexibility on the side of the building so that it forms easier around. Screws or attachment systems, so you have less air pockets, or you don't need to cut into your insulation to accommodate it. it. Gives you a little bit of a buffer, and so this is the product that you would install whenever you have a structurally independent um, cladding attachment system, say uh, a Zen Girt, which we're not going to do anymore, really, because they're energy inefficient. Um, or if you were using a clip system. Um, then you uh, install the cavity rock basically just in the cavity that you've created. It's just taking the role of insulation, it's not part of the attachment system. So those are the two products for the outside comfort board, rigid board, or cavity rock semi-rigid board. And then obviously on the inside, and you'll find that much more often in residential structures, You'll use uh, the comfort bat, the bat insulation product, which goes in between studs and you just fit it in between the studs and it takes its space and it doesn't move anymore.
0: So uh, I understand that uh, Rockwell has been um, publishing a sustainable development guide? Sort of. Well, it's called the sustainability report, yes, exactly. Um so yeah this has been
1: been published uh, over the last couple of years regularly we just published it in February I think the sustainability report 2022 um it's really an interesting uh, document because it documents what we're doing uh Rockwell has uh, adopted 10 or 11 of the uh, UN Sustainable Development Goals. So there are 17 goals that have been determined by the United Nations um, on what we need to focus on for sustainable development. And we've taken this information and these categories and looked at what Rockwell can do. So we've determined these 10 categories where we can either work on the operational side, Say, um, simple things like, well, simple, you need to do it, but simple things like reducing water consumption or reducing waste um, or uh, with regards to our um, melting technologies, finding technologies that are less energy intensive. So what can we do on the operational side during the production of our materials to have a positive impact? And then we're also looking at these uh, sustainable development goals, uh, with regards to what our products bring, uh, what, they can, um, what benefits they have for, uh, uh, for, for the world or for buildings, for the different applications. So uh, whether it's um, using materials to insulate better, so it has a positive impact there, or uh, it could be on the side of Grodan, which is a separate um, brand and business for growing media. Um, So, those are the two sides that we're working uh, on with these United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, and they are audited. Um, So, we have these targets that are science-based and uh, we get audited. So, we're not just talking about, oh, we've adopted these goals and uh, we don't do anything about it, but we actually have a report every year where you can see what was our goal and did we achieve it or not, or how far did we
0: get. And where would somebody find that if they wanted to read it? Go to www.rockwool.com. If you can't find it
1: straight away on the first page, you use the little um, search search button and just put sustainability report. Um, Or you could actually scan the ad here (laughs) Um, and you can download it. It's a PDF that you can download. That uh, information is all
0: available. So we're here at the Passive House Canada conference and yes. Rockwell is a familiar product to yes. a lot of people in the Passive House community. When people come to talk with you at your booth here, what kind of questions do you usually uh, field? Oh, many, many, many. Um,
1: oftentimes it's going to be the specific project and what solution we have to it. And that's, uh, that's always fun um, to be able to, you know, help someone on a specific uh, issue. Um, the other one that obviously we'll get is uh, whether we have an EPD, what is our uh, carbon footprint, <clears throat> what is the embodied carbon of our material. And we do actually have product-specific um, EPDs. Uh, right now we have four locations where we have plants, uh, production plants. We have two production lines in in the Milton plant, we have another one in the West, in Grand Forks, and we have two in the U.S., in um, West Virginia and in Mississippi. And uh, so far, we've incorporated three of our four plants because we we just got the new plant in 2021, right? which is why we don't have bad lead times anymore. We have product. Wait, wait, which
0: which location is the The new newest plant? one
1: is the, the West Virginia one in uh-huh. Ransom, West Virginia. And since we have that, whew, our clients can uh, lean back and relax because uh, product is available again. So during, during the pandemic, uh, we were so sold out and definitely uh, not because we weren't producing it. There was a great demand um, and everybody suffered from that. Um, because when you've, um, when you, when you expecting to get your product and you can't, it's hard, but we, we've, you know, that problem has been solved. We've added a new plant. So we're, um, we're going to, uh, be incorporating the results from that plant soon. I don't know when exactly. So currently our EPD is, um, uh, just incorporating data from three of our four plants. Um, And so you will have like your reference product and then you have factors that you apply depending on uh,
0: the product you're looking at. And is there a building type that people are tending to come talk to you about when you said, you know, helping them with specific projects? Is it more multifamily, single family? What are you hearing? Well...
1: I think in the beginning, people, not only because of the name, but also because of the people that had the highest motivation, were just homeowners. Uh, Passive House started really with residences, with homes, with people building or renovating their home. Uh, but now we see more and more really big projects. They can be mid-sized projects. They can be multi-residential units. They can be um, Passive House condo towers. I mean, uh Left and right, you see Vancouver has incorporated Passive House so much already. Um, If you go to New York, you can find loads of Passive House projects. Those are, I don't know, 25-story buildings. Um, So it can be anything, really. It depends on who's coming to speak to us, whether it's a homeowner, whether it's a mid-sized firm, or whether it's a, a huge firm that is doing really, really big projects. But in the end of the day... The, the the term passive house often gets confused um, with it being specific to homes, but if you look at where the word comes from, passive house in German, it really relates more to a building because you also say Krankenhaus, which means hospital, and you say Parkhaus, which means parking garage, and you say Rathaus, which is the city hall. So it's just like a part of a composite word that describes a building's function. So a passive house is a building that is passive. So we're not really specifically looking at one or the other. You can make a passive house out of anything.
0: And um, a, a big advantage of your of Ruckl is that uh, it's re- helps with fire resistance. And I wonder if that's something that I mean, I live in California, so of course it's a big Ooh, issue it is. where I live. But I just wonder if you um, personally are experiencing questions about that.
1: Huh. Uh, yes, absolutely. I mean, that's, I'd say, one of the key features of Rockwool being a product that is non-combustible. But yeah, that's one of the things when we talk about uh, the fire resistance, that's uh, an important factor where people are interested in our product. And then a few minutes later, we're talking about EPD. And um, it it tends to turn around uh, a little bit about what is the trend word right now. And in a way, it's a bit sad because I think we need to look at the whole thing, you know, the whole sustainability story, um, because you want it to be sustainable because it won't burn, but you also want it to be sustainable because you don't want it to be having a big footprint. But I think we're sometimes tending to forget to look at all the different things that we want and evaluate all of those. Fire is just one of the aspects. It can give you a great uh, acoustic performance. It can give you many different features. Um, but yeah, I think uh, it's important to really look at what are you looking for for your project and then how can you you know, get the data on that. I just feel like right now EPD is like the the buzzword but it doesn't stop there in my opinion.
0: And um, just stepping back a little bit, how long have you worked for Rockwell and how did you get interested in Passive House in the Uh, first place?
1: That's that's a good one. Um, Yeah I don't know, Um, I'm half German so I studied in Germany and uh, I've known Passive House kind of forever Um, and uh, so I've been working with rock rule now since about two and a half years. Um, I've been involved with the Batiment Passif Quebec since 2015, uh, in different roles. Um, it, it just makes sense. Uh, <laughs> why not make things better if you can, right? And, and, you know, I'm an engineer at heart. Uh, so yeah, I always have this drive to make things better and it's so simple um, you know, you can explain it in one minute. You just look at the five key principles of Passive House and voila, why complicate things? Let's first, you know, improve what we got as much as possible. And then we can go and look at fancy solutions. But, um, I just find that it makes a lot of sense. Um, and then certainly in urban areas, I find it is very important because, you have such a. You're creating such a great environment, not only for air quality but also for acoustics. Uh, you're really
0: um, going to create a space that you feel comfortable in. Returning to your hat with Batiment Passive, mm. Quebec, um, how has the um, passive house been accepted in Quebec, <laughs> or is it still? Yeah. Um, so uh,
1: it's a. Uh, very much in its infancy, one would say. Unfortunately, we have this great hydroelectric source. We pay nothing for energy or I think, I mean, the rates are in North America, the lowest rates. And that makes people not care. And seems like really, you need to apply things by law for people to make a change. We all talk green. We all talk about sustainability, but in the end of the day, nobody does anything. Um, You know, I've been preaching the passive house mantra forever. And at any event, I'm going to be the sold out conference or something, but people come, they think it's great. And then they don't do anything. Um, So yeah, that definitely doesn't help when you have really cheap energy but I think there are so many other features such as the resiliency that make it for, you know, a, a province like Quebec that loves chalets really relevant. You should have all your chalets built as a passive house and you're, you know, you're going to be fine. We just went through an ice storm uh, just before or after Easter. Uh, we, I was three days without electricity. Fortunately, it was not very cold. Um, so it was okay. We just put on a few sweaters. But if it had been in the middle of the winter, it would have been really hard for a number of people. It's really sad to see that uh, you you cannot sell a, a logical thing. You you need to sell it through a legislation or through big financial incentives. Although it makes absolute sense, there is no reason not to do it. Um, we're all concerned about the Earth. But we do need to, you know, pull up the sleeves and start doing something. But uh, it's it's uh, I find there's more and more uh, interest uh, and people interacting and getting engaged and participating in our trainings and actually going all the way to getting certified. So we have a number of certified passive house designers in Quebec now, also in bigger firms, also in engineering firms. So um, that's really great, um, and. So you, you anticipate more growth coming? Yes, we, we only have, well, I think now we have two certified houses. You see, I mean, that's how we are in infancy. We had the first certified past house in 2017 or something that was uh, uh, um, the Maison aux Allées. And I think it's Evelyn Bouchard who now has managed to get her house certified. So congratulations to her. Um, but yeah it's very, very slow although we're looking forward there's going to be a city hall in uh, the city of La Pêche near Ottawa to kind of locate it um, which is going to be passive house certified so uh, well, that's, that's exciting yes, news absolutely
0: that's good yeah
1: so there and there's another uh, low E project coming uh, there is a there are a few projects we also have a um, there is a um Prefabricated passive house um, development ongoing in Western Quebec. So there are a few things happening. Finally,
0: development. Yeah. Do you know the size roughly? Um, it's small. It's maybe eight or ten houses. But I, I'm
1: missing uh, the information. I would actually have to check to to tell you more about that.
0: Well, that's great news. All right. Thank you so much for stopping by, Anas. Yes, my pleasure, Mary.